If you are currently serving in our country or have served in our country, can you stand to your feet for me? you do that? Give them a round of applause. Come on. We just want to say thank you from the bottom of our heart for serving our country, uh, that we may be able to do these things like this in freedom. Uh, we don't take that lightly, and we're thankful uh, to be able to celebrate that fact tomorrow. I also hope that you are able to celebrate uh, maybe Joey Chestnut eating some hot dogs tomorrow. Anybody going to watch that? No? No one's going to watch Joey Chestnut eat hot dogs? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? No, he's won it like seven years in a row, eats like 80 hot dogs. Anyway, some of you are like, I don't watch that trash. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, anybody watch when people light money on fire and it's like colorful in the sky? Some of you are like, I feel like I was called out. I feel like I was called. Anyway, I love fireworks. My kids are like, can we get fireworks? And I'm like, no, we can't, can't get fireworks. Anyway, we are thrilled that you're here this morning. If there are any kids still left in the room, want to go back with Miss Allison, you can at this moment. I saw a mass exodus a second ago, but any of you are still here, you can go head back towards Miss Allison. If not, you can stay where you are, and hopefully I won't bore you to death. Hopefully I won't. Anyway, this morning I'm going to have you go back in the archives of the brain for some of you to remember your first day at your new job. Can you go back to that day for me? Do you remember where you were? You remember what job it was? For me, believe it or not, almost 20 years ago, my first job ever when I was 15 years old was at the Sonic here in Leesburg. <laughs> it's big time, I'm telling you. Think back in the day, we were making $12 an hour. Some of you are like, you wouldn't. No, we weren't. We weren't. Some of you are wondering, was I wearing skates? No, I was not wearing skates. Someone was going to ask me that afterwards. I was not wearing the skates. And believe it or not, random trivia fact, Troy McClellan and I was on the drums. We had breakfast at summer camp, and I found out 20 years ago, his oldest daughter and I actually worked together. Random story. Anyway. But for those of you who've ever been to your first job, you remember your first job, You're kind of like clueless. You're like, what do I do? This new job. And maybe some of you weren't like me. Like I got videos to watch and some paperwork, but maybe some of you, they handed you like this book that you had to read. Anybody hand hand you a book? Anybody remember that? No? Okay. Some people are like, I'm not, (laughs) not participating at all this morning. Anyway. But I'll never forget, I was like, what do I do? What buttons do I press in order for people's fries to come out correctly? Their cheese sticks to come out correctly? Anybody hungry yet? No? I was wondering all these things, so I was trained in them. I was thankful for a manual that was given to me so that I could be the best Sonic employee of all time. I was thankful for that because I love their onion rings. I wanted to get them correct. I want to get people's order right. I mean, I want it to be the best employee. We all this morning come with an instruction manual of how to be the best employee. We all come with an instruction manual of how we can be the church. If you're taking notes this morning, 
I'm going to be talking about how can we be the church. See, we're not called just to attend a church. We're called to be the church. Church was never supposed to be about a building. It's always been about a people that gather together under one purpose and one purpose alone. Celebrate the name of Jesus, to carry the name of Jesus wherever we go. We're called the called out ones. Fancy word called ecclesia, the called out ones. We are called to be the church. We are the church. We must be the church. And I'm going to do my best job in the time allotted to give you 10 ways this morning of how we can be the church. But before I do that, I want us to read the instruction manual. I want us to read the text this morning of how we can be the church. So we've been in the book of Romans. And if you would turn with me to Romans chapter 12, I'm going to start in verse 9. And for those of you who might be like me, and you actually underline your Bible circle in your Bible, every single time I say the word be, I want you to either underline that or circle it for me. Because I'm talking about how can we be the church. He's going to encourage us to be certain things this morning. Here it is. Romans chapter 12 verse 9 says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap slash put burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Before I give you 10 ways that we can be the church this morning, I want to kind of give you a disclaimer because some of these are extremely tough, they're extremely challenging to do and to be. This one I want you to know, the Christian life is absolutely impossible. It is impossible without the Holy Spirit at work within us, without Jesus allowing us to be and do these certain things, we cannot do them. But I wanna encourage you with this fact. What God commands us to do, he enables us to do. I'm gonna say that one again. Some of you might be thinking about some food or something. But what God commands us to do, he enables us to do. Be encouraged by that. Because he's gonna command us to do a lot this morning. 
But he's going to enable you to do it through his Holy Spirit. He's going to give you the strength to do it. Ten ways to be the church. Here's the first one. We must be genuine. Were you genuine this morning when you walked in? I love when people come into church. How are you doing? I'm good. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah? Can anybody relate? Yeah? Hopefully you're not like me, maybe. That sometimes it's mass chaos. You're going to have three angels in the house. Kids. Maybe some of you might be married and sometimes, you know, the morning's just not too great. You know what I'm talking about? You come into church and how are you? I'm good. (laughs) Right? Anybody relate still? Paul says, be genuine. Let your love be genuine. I brought in my bag this morning some things that I must take to work. We must take to work with us. Got to be genuine, right? Let me show you the first one that I have in here. Be genuine. What's this? It's a mask. When he's talking about here in this text, when it says love must be sincere without hypocrisy. Love must be real. It can't be fake. We can't pretend to love others. Maybe your translation says we can't pretend to love others. We must really love others. We must really love one another. Why is this so crucial? People will know we are his disciples by why? How we what? Love one another. That's why our love must be sincere if you truly want to be called out and known as a follower of Jesus and a disciple of Jesus. We must love one another. Our love must be sincere. He goes on to say, hate what is evil. As our world continues to grow older and older, we realize that, man, evil is becoming more and more prevalent in our world. Do y'all realize that? Are we hating what is evil? Are we hating the things that are destroying people's relationships, that are trying to destroy our lives? Are we running as far away as possible from the things that are not from God? Are we? It says, hate what is evil. But it says, cling to what is good. That word cling right there literally means to like, out in desperation, like cling to something. What are you clinging to this morning? What are you holding on to tightly? What are you trying to grasp? What are you devoting yourself to? Are you clinging yourself to finances, to material possessions? What are you clinging to? It says cling to what is good. Are we clinging to the things that are good in our marriages, clinging to the things that are good in our relationships, clinging to the things that are going to further our walk with Jesus? He says we must be genuine. Another way that we're supposed to be the church is the second thing he says is we must be devoted. We must be devoted. How devoted are we to one another I think tomorrow is fitting for this, but if there's anybody who's devoted to one another, it's the people who fight for our country. Are we as devoted as a church to each other as people are who fight for their country? 
See, that word in the beginning, love must be genuine. That love was agape love. It was a sacrificial, unconditional love there in verse 9. And then when he goes on in verse 10, it's this phileo love. It's this brotherly love. It's this love that you have for a brother or a sister. When we're in the body of Christ, we're brothers and sisters. And you're devoted to your brother or your sister. Are we devoted to one another? I thought about doing something uncomfortable as you guys sit in your chairs. I thought about you linking arms with one another. Some of you, don't let me do that. Don't tell me to do that. But we have to link arms. If you can imagine we are an army, we're walking out of these doors when we leave, encountering spiritual warfare, we must put on the full armor of God. We must stand side by side together, link arms together, and be devoted to one another. That man, hey, I'm for you. You for me? Yeah, I'm for you. Do we have that same exact mentality that, man, we're going to war together? That we're, hey, I'm going out here to populate heaven with you. Let's do it. We must be devoted to one another. He says, honor one another above yourself. Are we putting others before ourselves? A formula I was taught very, um, a formula I was taught at a very young age was the formula, Jesus, others, yourself, pure joy. Jesus, others, yourself, that acronym. Are we putting Jesus self? Are we putting others second? And then are we putting ourselves last? Are we? Are we honoring others? I'm thankful to serve underneath a pastor that I honor and I respect that 15 years ago, he stepped out in faith and obedience to plant Heritage Community Church. If there's anybody who's devoted, who's the most loyal person of integrity that I've ever met in my entire life, his name is Sidney Brock. And I'm thankful to serve underneath him. But are we honoring people? Are we giving them admiration? Are we giving them respect? This is key because I know in our world today, because I have the privilege of serving the next generation and that word respect is very hard to come by. But we know our world is going to head in that direction before Jesus comes back. But are we honoring one another above ourselves? Here's the third one in order for us to be the church. We must be zealous. Be zealous. It says, never be lacking in zeal. That word literally means to boil over with enthusiasm. I know Chrissy's here. She didn't know I took this, but don't tell her. Leans to boil over. You know what I'm talking about when you're trying to make spaghetti and trying to get the water in there to boil over? You know what I'm talking about? And then you take the noodles and you see if they stick on the fridge. <laughs> Nobody does that but me. Gives me an excuse to throw food at the fridge. I mean, it's great. But I know it might be a little bit quiet right now. But you know the most zealous people in the world should be us. there's anybody in this place that should be zealous this morning, it's us. We've been set free. We've been rescued. If there's anybody who shouldn't lack enthusiasm, it's us as Christians. Listen, Disney should not have us beat on this. Chick-fil-A should not have us beat on this. When people walk into Heritage Community Church, they should see the most enthusiastic place. 
They should see the most joyous place. They should see the most happy place because they're encountering people who've already encountered Jesus who are so zealous and they're so full of enthusiasm they just can't wait to share it with somebody else. But I know you might be able to be like me. You might be like me a little bit. Maybe sometimes you come out of obligation but not out of celebration. See, we have the opportunity every single Sunday that we gather out of celebration, not out of obligation. But I'm just like y'all. There's some Sundays I'm here because I'm obligated to be here. Can I just be real with you? Love must be real. That's what it said, right? Love must be genuine. I'm being real. But I pray the majority of the time we're here at a celebration like we are boiling over with zeal and enthusiasm and energy and we can't wait to serve somebody else because there is a possibility every single Sunday we show up that someone has an opportunity to come to know Jesus. But I can be like you. Can I be real for a second? I'd be like you. They didn't sing my songs. I didn't really like that passage today. It was hard for me to relate to. But what if we came in and we served the Lord with gladness that it wasn't about me, but it was about someone coming to know Jesus and glorifying Jesus, whether I liked the songs or I really cared for the message this morning? Man, sorry, 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 sorry. Are we zealous? Are we? Because there should be no greater feeling than investing in eternity. We get to invest in eternity. We should have enthusiasm. Tomorrow morning, you wake up, man, we get to invest in eternity. Let's go get them. We're not investing in, a, in temporary things, but we're investing in eternal things. We're investing in eternity. Make the enemy so angry and upset that you woke up tomorrow. Make them mad because you woke up with some zeal. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Some of you are like, if you went that long on point three, we're going to be here a while. <laughs> I just had to camp out there for a second. I got a little bit excited about that one. Here's the fourth one. Be prayerful. Be prayerful. I literally could have said three different things on this one in verse 12. But it says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. As the church, we must be joyful in hope. We have hope. We are people that have hope. We get to be hope dealers when we walk out of here. We can be patient in affliction, knowing that our trials, our tribulations are temporary. We can be patient in affliction, knowing that his timing is the best timing. We can be patient in affliction, knowing that he is walking with us every step of the way. That he's not going to abandon you. He's not going to forsake you, no matter your affliction. And third, we can be faithful in prayer. We can pray for one another. We can share each other's burdens. We can go to the throne of God together and pray for one another to be the church just like we did for Chris Bell this morning. We can pray. Can. That gives us the strength and affliction that allows us to still be joyful in hope because we're setting our eyes to Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. We're setting our eyes to where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven. And earth. Here's the next one. We can be hospitable. Some of you are like, where was the thing 
that you're gonna take out your backpack for the last one, be prayerful. That was this right here, the emoji hands. Pray hands, okay. Here's the next one. Be hospitable. Here it is, a gift right here. You wanna see what's in it, Braxton? You wanna see? Nothing. (laughs) That's good, right? See, life is God's gift to you. What you do with your life is your gift to God. You like that? Yeah, that's why there's nothing in there. See me afterwards for a Starbucks gift card because that was not nice anyway. Are we living open-handed or closed-gripped? With our lives, if we're truly gonna be the church, are we living open-handed? Are we living closed-gripped? Am I living what's mine is yours and yours is mine, are we? We don't like to live that way because when I share, sometimes it doesn't come back the way I shared it with you, right? That's why I don't like to share sometimes, I'll be honest. Someone says, hey, can I borrow something? I'm like, oh, is it gonna come back okay? You know what I'm saying, right? But what I love to see, even me just being here in the short little time that I've been here, is y'all do a phenomenal job with sharing with others in need. The biggest thing that came to my mind was I was looking at this text and if you're not on this, I want to encourage you to jump on this. This is how we be the church together, is get on the HCC bulletin board. They're going to show up behind me in Facebook. It's called the HCC bulletin board. It's kind of like a virtual bulletin board. that You don't have to stick something on the wall back there, but you can put it on the Facebook wall. And this is what you do. It's been amazing. I've seen people I need help moving. Can anyone help? People jump. Hey, I need a truck to help move. Hey, my washer just went out. Anybody know someone with a washer? Boom, I've seen it in there. It is heavenly to see the church at work in this HCC bulletin. Some of you are like, I didn't even know we had that. It took me a couple months to figure it out, okay? But I want to encourage you, get on that. Because that is how we provide with others a need. Sometimes y'all see a need. There's a guy who's selling fireworks at Walmart. They put in the HCC bulletin, and he had his generator stolen the other day. So we're able to be the church, we're able to go buy fireworks, maybe we're even able to come together and, and give him another generator because he's the associate pastor somewhere too. So we're able to you know, share with someone who's in need. We're able to proc- practice hospitality. Here's number six. Let's be a blessing. Be a blessing. What I have for that one is this thank you card. What's your thank you card gonna be to the world? How are you going to be a blessing? It says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Man, that's hard. That's countercultural. When I get persecuted, then I'm supposed to bless those who persecute me? Come on, Jesus. Come on. I mean, he even says earlier on in the gospel, if we love those who love us, what credit is that? Even sinners do that. Anybody can love those who love them. How we're gonna shock this world and change this world is blessing those who persecute us. And God loves for me to live out my messages as I prepare for them. So yesterday, Chrissy and I are at a stoplight. It's red, and all of a sudden, it turns green. What do you think happened? So you know what I did? I waited there five minutes. I didn't do that. I didn't. I wanted to. I wanted to. This word, is, it means to like speak well of. When it says bless those, it means to like speak well of. You're telling me to speak well of those 
who are persecuting me right now. And this is the most minor persecution of all time. This isn't even persecution. Like I can imagine when Paul's writing this, when he's saying, bless those who persecute you, like they're actually like at a point in their life where their lives are on the line. Okay, so think about that. But he says, bless those who persecute you. And in that moment, if I'm real with y'all, I was just thinking, as soon as that light turns green, they go around me. I'm thinking, Chris, you know this too, because we said it out loud. I'm thinking, I hope they get a ticket. Anybody else think that way? That's how I was thinking. Just being real, being genuine, right? Being genuine. Taking this off, right? How do we do when it comes to us being the church, speaking well of others when they don't treat us well? Let me ask this question. How do I love those who hurt me? How do I love those who hurt me? It's tough. He's even encouraged us to do it because he says it twice. Bless those. Bless. He says bless twice. Seventh thing. Be understanding. If we're going to be the church, we must be understanding. What do I mean by that? It says rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. So I was driving Chrissy crazy yesterday because I gave the girls one of these. One of these right here. So if you can imagine two of the girls going around the house, I mean, Sid, we might need to stop by later on this week and see. Are we rejoicing with those who rejoice? In order for us to rejoice with those who rejoice, it requires us to get close to people. In order for us to mourn with those who mourn, we've got to get close to people. I can't know what you're excited about and I can't know what burdens you if I don't get close to you. Are we getting in circles? Right now you're in a row. It's not connecting with anybody. But where real life and real community happens is in circles. When we get in one another's houses, when we get in a circle together and we open up and we share our joys and we share our sorrows together. Are we getting close enough together with people that we can rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn? To know if our heart is in the right place, we need to ask, do I feel what they feel? Am I feeling what they're feeling? Number eight, for us to be the church. I know y'all want to go to lunch. Some of y'all are like Mexican, some chips and queso, I don't know. Some of you are like, that sounds good, that's where we're going. Number eight. Be of the same mind. It says, live in harmony with one another. Some translations say, be of the same mind. Do not be proud or be willing, to be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. The only thing I can find, I'm sorry, is this like brain teaser. I didn't want to creep you all out with the actual brain. So be of the same mind. What does that mean? Are we of the same mind when it comes to the mission of God? Are we living in harmony with one another? Are we? Are we not acting like we know it all, not being proud? Are we willing to associate with anyone and everyone that no one's a stranger in the life of Heritage Community Church? Do we have this mentality of I want for you what I would want for myself? See, the closer we are to God, the closer we come together. Number nine. Everyone still awake? Number nine. Be peaceable. Be peaceable. 
With this, I'm going to cover verses 17 through 20 would be peaceable. It says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Live at peace. Do not take revenge. Live at peace. This is what I know to be true. An eye for an eye causes the whole world to go blind. Doesn't it? It says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. I get it. We're going to be mistreated. We're in this, we live in this place called the world. People are mean. People are evil. How are we going to change the world? Repaying evil for evil? No, that's going to cause the whole world to go blind. Jesus easily could have responded with evil for the evil that we had on him. And you know how many of us would be here? Absolutely none of us. But he didn't treat us like that, did he? He gave us what we didn't deserve. Are we giving people what they don't deserve called grace, called mercy, called love? Do not repay evil for evil. When someone does you wrong, do what's right, not what's wrong. A wrong for a wrong never makes anything right. It just makes two wrongs. The time is always right to do the right thing. Do the right thing first, not last. Integrity is doing the right thing when no one's watching because it says, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. Are we being peaceable? Some of you, though, are like, it's hard for me to be peaceable. I've tried to be peaceable to them, but they're still not being peaceable back to me. Listen, that's why it says, if possible, there's a clause there. It says, if possible, live at peace with everyone as it depends on you. See, we control our actions. We're responsible for our actions, not the response of them. That's why it says, if possible, as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And sometimes what we want to do, he says, don't repay evil for evil, man. We want to get back. We want some revenge. I got to get even. They made me so mad. Got to pay them back. And we want to get even that we don't even leave any room for God. Some of you need to hear this. Sometimes we need to let go and let God. We need to let God fight our battles. If anybody's the best at fighting battles, who's undefeated, who's won every single victory they've ever fought, it's God. Why don't you let them fight it? Some of you might be in tension and conflict with somebody. Why don't you let God fight the battle for you? You want to know how we do that? This is how I fight my battles. I get down on my knees. God, I've done everything I possibly can do with him, with her, and God, I'm just going to surrender it to you. Be peaceable. Some of you are like, okay, where's your thing for that? When you had like glasses, peaceable, we're going to go with uh, like, I just surrender. God, I'm just going to surrender this to you. Like, God, I tap out. Like, I surrender. I give this to you. Are we going to live at peace with everyone? Here's the last thing, and then we can go to lunch. Sound good? Last one to be the church. Here it is. Be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. I couldn't think of how to say like, be not evil. Or I just couldn't think of how to do it, so I just said be like Jesus. Is that okay? Verse 21, it says, do not, over, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. This is a tough one too, and 
because people are difficult still, right? I love even someone said this. They said, the more I get to know the human race, the more I love my dog. That's what they said. Jesus, you told me not to repay them back, evil for evil. Now you're trying to tell me that I need to overcome evil with good. What? Come on now. So we have a choice. We can either be overcome or we can overcome. Which one do we want? Do we want to be overcome? Do we want to be conquered? Or do we want to be the conqueror? Because what I read in Romans 8 that we read is that we're more than conquerors through him. That's what I read. How are we going to overcome evil with good? If you truly want to change the world, you got to overcome evil with good. We got to start surprising people and loving them anyway when they least deserve it. Don't let another person's evil like make you evil. Like that's exactly what the enemy would want to happen. But how are we going to respond with the greatest good? Jesus responded with the greatest good when everybody was evil against him. He died on the cross and he surrendered his life and he rose from a grave. He said, you know what? They're going to be my enemies. You know what? They're going to curse me. You know what? I'm going to love them anyway and I'm going to die for them anyway. I'm still going to overcome evil with good. That's what I'm going to do. What would happen in this world if we overcame evil with good? Just think for a second. Because Jesus didn't change the world with evil. Jesus changed the evil with good, didn't he? He did. Be the church. Don't just attend a church. Be the church. What would happen when we walked out of these doors if we were genuine, if we were devoted, if we were zealous, if we were prayerful, if we were hospitable, if we were a blessing, if we were understanding, if we were of the same mind, if we were people who overcame evil with good and we were peaceable people, what do you think would happen when we went out these doors? I think we would change the face of the city of Fruitland Park and beyond like never before. What God commands us to do, he enables us to do. I want to encourage y'all to be the church like never before. Let me pray. God, I know your word is not even easy for me to apply sometimes, but God, I'm thankful for your Holy Spirit that gives me the strength to be who you've called me to be. God, I want to be your church. I want to meet the needs of others. I want to be someone who lives at peace with everyone as far as it depends on me. God, I want to be that person that when someone projects evil on me, I overcome with good. God, I want to be able to welcome anyone and everyone. God, I want to be devoted to one another. God, I want to be genuine in all that I do. So God, allow us to be the church you've called us to be so that people will know we are your disciples by how we love one another. God, thank you 
for the greatest good that you did on our behalf by surrendering your life for us. And God, I pray if there's someone here this morning understands that while we were yet a sinner, that you died for us, that God, they would tell someone this morning. God, I thank you for how we're gonna be the church like never before. For all these things in the name of Jesus, amen. Hope that you guys have an amazing week. Do not forget to watch Joey Chestnut tomorrow. (laughs) Have a great week.